Hi there, hi there, hi there, hey there, who there? <laughs> oh, hello. I didn't know we were doing Muppet voices. Honestly, I thought today could go either way because I've been... <laughs> Because I've been so fucking exhausted this week. I was like, oh, I'm either going to be punchy and fun or completely dead. Let's see what happens. Hooray! I was trying to figure out what you were, when you said either way, what the binary would be for Muppet voices or... Or, hmm... I do like or, that binary. Or, or, or dolphin voices? <laughs> hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> You've reached the Muppet Dolphin pod- Podcast. <laughs> oh, giving the people what they want. Constantly. <laughs> or at least Shauna. Happy birthday, Shauna. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday! This podcast is for one person exactly. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know how many people out there like dolphins and muppets? Oh, that's like fair. that's really that's right. I'm that's not really a very taking wide a... swag. <laughs> not really shaking a lot of foundations by saying that, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're so edgy. So edgy. I have missed you. I missed you too. Uh, I'm Lillian Bustle. I am Jen Ponton. And we gotcha. (laughs) You were so thoughtful about that. Uh, Jen (laughs) Neponton. Yes, that's what it is. And we've tricked you all very effectively. This is not the Muppet <laughs> Dolphin podcast. It is, <laughs> it is all the fucks. Ooh. Tell our friends what all the fucks are, Lillian. Uh, all the fucks is when you, uh, you, you sort of traipse through your life and you absorb everyone's everything from around That's you. It. Whether it's the, the nonsense or the good stuff or... The pain. All the good stuff uh, is so all nice. of it. You're, we don't talk about that one often, good. but yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's it's like my lunchbox as a child that no one ever washed out. <laughs> if your heart is Lillian's uh, pink My Little Pony oh. <laughs> lunchbox that just absorbed the fragrance of every single thing that was ever put into oh, it. Oh, and it was mostly That's what all the sandwiches. I mean, sometimes it was cans of Vienna sausage, so at least there was that. Oh my god, we haven't talked about that since January. We've come full circle. And why not? And why Why the fuck not? not? Speaking of childhood lunchboxes, okay, I can Mm. tell you, and even as a child, I was so fucking maudlin, Lillian, like... That's such the word. That's the word exactly. Even as a child, I remember the feeling of sorrow that my lunchbox meant to me. And I think it was sort of like, you're out here alone and your parents aren't with you Mm. and nobody really gives a shit. Like, here you are Mm. with this one little token of the fact that you are taken care of. Yes, yes. Um, it, it actually, uh, as soon as I saw um, Neverending Story, that's what lunchboxes meant for me. Like, I could skip class and then go hide in an attic somewhere and eat half of my sandwich a day for two days. Yeah, my lunchbox felt <laughs> profoundly melancholy to me. 
like what it signified. What it signified was, bye, you're going to be on your own for a long time. And so I remember uh, there, right, there were the plastic ones. And I ended up Mm -hmm. probably having a plastic one at some point. But before that, there were the metal ones. Yes. And Aladdin made them. And they had this weird swingy, squeaky handle. Yes, correct. That accordioned in in and out. And mm-hmm. they had all kinds of licensed characters as the, mm-hmm. the box art. And my lunchbox was a Care Bears lunchbox. <gasps> what did it look like? It had a probably Cheer Bear uh, uh, on a rainbow sliding down into a cloud and I'm pretty sure Funshine Bear and maybe Grumpy Bear yeah. and Tenderheart were also there. Oh my god, the best ones. Uh-huh. And there were star buddies and maybe a sun, but definitely clouds and rainbows and star buddies. And um, I fucking loved that lunchbox. My, my mother was never a collector of things, so it just ended up going wherever it went. But, but... <laughs> I moved near an antique store that when I was perusing it a few years ago, and it has since closed, but this guy in his old Victorian home ran this big antique store, and one of the things that he had was that 1980-something issue Aladdin metal lunchbox, complete with the thermos inside. Yes! And it wasn't the Care Bears. It was the Care Bear Cousins. Oh, I like the lion. Yes, and of course, it's got Braveheart Lion on there, and I think Tenderheart. Nope, not Tenderheart. Uh, uh, was his name really Braveheart Lion? Yeah, he was Braveheart Lion. There was Swiftheart <laughs> Rabbit. Oh, and oh, I love you. Always have. <laughs> Can you imagine him dressed up as Braveheart <laughs> Uh, he'd be such a dick man i i've been meaning to learn better photoshop i feel like that's a good project that is an excellent one yes please make that for me and we'll make it into stickers and we'll sell it somewhere for you guys (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um that is a decent seg into today because i really loved the idea that you threw out for me first we Lillian and I sort of hover around what we feel like talking about every week. And uh, we we like to revisit the idea of talking about the things that our parents fucking slam dunked. And then we just kind of go away from it. But I'm feeling very there today. Okay, so parents, nice things that they did. <clears throat> nice things about um, parents. Because, you know, we, we adore our parents. Uh, Yes. We adore our parents. Um, of the four of them, only one is still on this earth, and God knows the other three did some real fucked up shit. But um, <laughs> super fucked up. But but <laughs> but um, they are still people who tried really hard and still had uh, bequeathed gifts unto us. And there are, I think initially what you and I were calling this was surprising moments in parenting. Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) Because it was with people who really, by by and large, were not otherwise uh, bad in a thousand. No, no. Uh, uh, People who... Definitely <laughs> also had big, squishy uh, lunchbox hearts, but, mm-hmm. um, but but didn't necessarily 
uh, navigate the world the same way. Uh, My mom, for example, um, she had uh, probably a million different kinds of things going on that she did not want to go get checked out. Um, She did a lot of sleeping during the day. But... What that meant was I never had a bedtime (laughs) Uh because my mom was she did not want me to get up early in the morning. She wanted me to sleep as long as fucking possible so that I wouldn't get up and bother her. So I was staying up until like midnight beyond when I was young, which is not I recognize not great for a child. That's really like (laughs) children like schedules and children love (laughs) schedules and safety. But I always felt really, really cool. I was always allowed to stay up and watch Saturday Night Live um, like Letterman, all of that <laughs> stuff. I, I always, right. always, um, weird, like up late when the weird stuff comes on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, that's what I'll start off with. That was always a plus. Um, I will say that my, and I've said this before, but my father's, um, my father's complete inability to gauge what was and was not appropriate for a child to watch. (laughs) I mean, I watched virtually everything that my parents did until Uh it was too late for me to be up. But even then, I went to bed at like 8 o'clock and they went to bed at like 9.30. So Uh. any horror movie my father watched, I watched too. (laughs) And like the shows that I grew up watching, yes, I had access to children's shows too and I watched them throughout the day. But at night, I watched fucking Cheers and Night Court with my parents. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was watching Moonlighting. Yes. Was w- way too young. Which I have like, never seen, but I think it's streaming somewhere. I have no idea if it's good, bad, problematic, whatever. No, it apparently holds up. People fucking love it. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that that was the first. I uh, I've talked about my weird crushes growing up. And, like, I did not crush on grown men, generally, um, uh, with the exceptions of Steve Martin and Robin Williams and and Bruce Willis. Like, I don't know what was happening with Moonlighting and my psyche at the time, but I was like, (laughs) no, no, he's. He just needs a nice lady to settle him down. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he just needs someone. He's just hurting. Oh, God. <laughs> Why do we have that thought even as children? Ah, did you watch the women around you do That's it. That's right. That, over and oh, over again. Oh, God. The fucking conditioning. Yep. <clears throat> yes. Very. I mean, with me, you throw in some like religious guilt and all of those stories, also. But oh, let's. Uh, all I know about this person is that she washed someone's feet with her hair. Well, she must be a lovely person. Yes. <laughs> and I would say that my exposure to those things, to like adult sitcoms and horror movies, obviously created a lifelong adoration for me. Horror is my absolute favorite genre of anything. Um, And it also turned me into a TV writer. So there's that. You know, like the sensibility was built early. So that was an unintentional, I'm sure, uh, early total surprise win in parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quick quick little plug. Um, Our friend Liza Poor. Uh, was just talking about on her 
a podcast that she co-hosts with her husband, Mike Palachik. Um, and it is called DVD Deathmatch. They're going through their, I want to say, 10,030. Uh, no, there's like... <laughs> There's like a thousand DVDs that they have, and they're trying to get rid of some of them. So they listen, they watch. What do you do with a DVD? Do you listen to it? I'm, um, I'm sure they listen to it also. They watch two DVDs, and then they have to pick one to go. Oh, she was. I highly recommend it. It's they are both hilarious. That sounds people really good. And, and hearing both of them, it's it's great. Yay, Liza! It's great. I think. And, like, Brigadoon was in one of the early ones. And listening to them talk about these movies and, and also going, like, why do I have this in my house? We all have that. Aww. It's very relatable. I love it. That's anyway, amazing. Um, was, what a great she idea. She was talking about, uh, about how um, she only felt like she could claim <clears throat> that she was a horror fan <clears throat> recently. But when she looked back at it, she was like, oh, no, I've been watching horror movies my whole life, just watching them through my fingers. So... <laughs> That still counts, Liza. I can vouch for that. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love that. And I'm so excited to hear about her new podcast. Yay, Liza. That's great. Highly recommend. Also, I um, am so old that I do not watch anything on YouTube unless I actively seek it out. But if they made that a little tiny YouTube micro series, 10 out of 10 would watch. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. If they just yeah, like sat like together, to at, I don't know their fucking dining room table or some shit. Sure, might be fun. Yes, it's it's always it's fun now to see people that you know in a, in a room together, huh? <laughs> right? Oh my god, I didn't even know how to put it together in my brain when I saw four people that I knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> didn't even yes, know that. I understand yeah. that. I, I mean, I still even when I run into people on the street. I'm like, oh, oh I, I don't God. even know what to, I don't know what to do sometimes because my first instinct is to hug people, but I, I don't know. do that. Um, I mean, to to springboard off of that, my mom was always very physically affectionate. Um, there was no like I never, I never felt like my mom didn't love me, ever. Mm. I felt like it manifested itself in some pretty weird ways <laughs> sometimes. Um. And I knew whatever was happening inside her was far more complicated than than just love or maternal instinct or parenting. Right. But um, she was always very huggy and sweet. Um, I mean, she did like to lick her thumb and then wipe something off my face with it Aww. while she was constantly drinking instant coffee all day. So. <laughs> Out of the Roy Rogers <laughs> Out of the, yeah, with the accordion straw that was never quite clean. Yes. Um, oh, God. So, like, I remember as a kid being like, I feel like you're making my face dirtier. <laughs> uh, but, no, she I she went to bat for me also all the time. Mm. Um, I can remember a handful of times when she didn't have my back, but they were for different reasons. But if it had to do with, like, a school thing, I think I told you she used to, like, let me skip school all the time if I wasn't ready for it. Oh <laughs> test. So but um, I remember her going in. There was some issue where uh, I was supposed to be getting a reading specialist again in second grade. And they were worried that because I was missing a full, like, hour and a half hour a day 
with a reading group that I was missing out on some socialization. And just like with you, when they were like, "Uh uh-oh, we're worried about her motor skills, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they were looking at me being like, oh, God, she's never going to have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom, I remember her crying. She had gone into the principal's office, and what they wound up doing was I wound up having double work. I wound up seeing a reading specialist and doing a reading group, and I don't remember how I did that. Um, like what else I was skipping mm-hmm. to see the reading specialist also. Um, but I remember her crying and her kind of asking me if I had friends. Like it was all very oh. upsetting for a second grader to be witnessing. But what, oh, what I took away from that conversation was like, you're smart. You're so smart. They know you're smart. Mm. And it feels to me like they're trying to make you status quo. Oh. It feels like they're trying to take away these extra things that you need to keep nurturing your little brain to make you just like everybody else, and I'm not going to let them do that. Oh, my God. Oh. And that was definitely a theme with her. Like, she made me feel, uh, I, I mean, that there was a terrible pressure that came along with sure. that sometimes. But, right. um, but yeah, no, she always was like, you're, you're special, you're smart. You're special, you're smart. Oh. And I never, ever... I never didn't – I felt uh, some cognitive dissonance when math came along and I wasn't good at math mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm smart. I should be good at math. Right. <laughs> right. And it was it was very hard for me to admit – if I had admitted my problems with math earlier on, I think I probably would have done better. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I didn't need to because I was smart. <laughs> right. Of course. And there are only so many things that you can be smart in. I know lots of people smart who are in. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I always felt academically supported by my parents. Um, they definitely always reinforced that I was, that I was smart and capable and talented, uh, less so with performing until I got a little bit older, like until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that was just lack of options, lack of opportunities. Sure. Um, but very much present at like school recitals where the chorus would sing something. Like um, we have we have a family uh we have a, a home video of, I guess, the Christmas concert from first grade that my school put on. And, you know, it's, well, it must have been nighttime because sometimes they would do that bullshit in the middle of the day for, like, the parents yes. who were at home. And the rest of us were like, what the fuck? Although mm-hmm. another reason that I felt so outcast was it seemed to me like almost everybody's parents were, had a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, most of my friends did. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just was much more common then. Um, But that always made me feel like, oh my God. And I never thought there was anything wrong with my mom. I loved that my mom went to work. I thought work was so glamorous. I loved how she wore matching, uh, you know, skirt suit sets and her little her little pumps and like shoulder pads. I was so enamored with the idea of going to work with her. I never wanted her to be home and give up Aww. work. Um, but I was like, why don't other women work? <laughs> what the fuck 
is your yeah. mom home for? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to judge anyone's process of it. But as a child, being really the only one with two working, full-time working parents uh, mm-hmm. in the community that I, that I grew up in, it was very strange. And I was like, no, my mom can't be here. She's busy kicking ass. Hello. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, they were always – always present and very encouraging and definitely encouraged my creativity. Um, I was allowed to dress myself a little too early. (laughs) (laughs) Way too early. Because I, (laughs) I remember in second or third grade, by that time, I was allowed to dress myself. And I don't remember if we walked back on that rule or not. But what did happen once... <laughs> walked back. They were like, oh, roll, roll it back, roll it back. What did happen when I uh, was given that autonomy was I ended up going to school in only an oversized sweatshirt. And what I contend were leggings. Yes, yes, we have definitely covered but- that. But what a friend of mine says, we're absolutely only tights. And you know what? It's honestly a look that would slay right now. So I was clearly just ahead of my time. (laughs) But there was no censoring me. Like, my mom wasn't like, that's going to look dumb. No, wear this instead. Like, I was Mm -hmm. allowed to be that creative. And that was really great. Yeah, mine was definitely my mom just not paying attention to what I was wearing. Although, although uh, <laughs> when I got all, it was very funny. My mom, um, I was dressed, I was definitely picking out my own outfits and stuff uh, in sixth grade. And I remember my sister coming in, and I'm sure she didn't feel like doing this either, but she put me in an ill-fitting navy sweater that I had literally never seen before in my entire life. Like, I don't know if it had been hers. Right. I don't know where the sweater came from. But I remember, you remember when you're a kid and all of a sudden someone's yanking a neck hole oh. down over your head that is too small? No. I mean, yes, I do. Fucking, I hate it. <laughs> why does that ever happen? Why? Like, that doesn't happen as a grown-up. We don't buy clothes with neck holes that aren't big enough for our heads. Oh. Unless it's a turtleneck, but that's a whole different critter. Like, anyway, whatever. And it and I got in a huge fight with my sister. <clears throat> I know I've told this story before. Um, and it turned out that I was student of the month. I had finally gotten fucking student of the month. I don't think you month. have told this story before. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure right. this is brand new. So I was hot <laughs> and pissed. <laughs> And the sweater definitely, like, had pills on it. So I was, like, picking the little lint pieces off of it all fucking day. Oh, no. And then we went into the Student of the Month rally, like, every month. And I was sitting there being like, I'm not going to get it again. And I was literally picking the lint off of my sweater when they called my name. And then I knew why I had been forced to wear that sweater and was double pissed. Because now I had to get my picture taken in that navy blue sweater with... What was my prize? What was my prize, you say, for student of the month? Was it like a pencil case or something nice like that? No, no, no. It was a Seaford Bulldogs bright orange trucker cap. (gasps) (laughs) What? So somewhere, and I I tried to find this when we were cleaning out my mom's house, but I could not find uh, the picture of me trying to look 
happy about having finally won this fucking prize oh, no. with this terrible sweater and then this trucker cap like <laughs> popping up off the top of my head because whoever had adjusted it for my head of course. made it too small for my for giant noggin. <laughs> anyway, my mom was very proud. Of course she was. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, one of the, one of the biggest, <laughs> where, where are we going? I feel like there was some, oh, dressing myself. Yeah, oh yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. So that's mostly fine. an you oversight, but, um, <laughs> uh, I would say one, uh, another time that my parents like teamed up and fucking killed it was when we were on that <laughs> cruise and I was supposed to do the talent show with that little girl who was going to yes. do Vogue with me. And then she kicked right. me out and I was crying and my parents were like, we're going to fix this. I have to say it was probably my mom taking point on this, but I'm going to give them both credit just in case. And they went in, they went to the crew's kitchen and they were like, do you have tinfoil? And they made me a princess crown and they tied like a little towel uh, around my neck to make a cape. And I was a princess and I just did my shit. And that was great. But mm-hmm. um, I would say one of the most surprising shows of love and protection that ever came from my father, and there were not many, at least that were mm-hmm. visible to me, although I guess I can end today with a really sweet one. But um, the uh, at my bus stop, which was across the street from my house, I had to stand there with like five kids maybe because they lived down a little cul-de-sac. So they were not part of my only old people and dead people neighbors. (laughs) They were just the the jerks in the cul-de-sac. And I had to stand there with them for, you know, 10 minutes every morning. And uh, one, at least one of the girls was really mean and she was one year older than me. And I was already, you know, the outcast and the pariah. And the main road is actually kind of busy. Like cars can pick up speed. So you will, you, and, and it goes slightly over a hill. So it's kind of blind. And I remember that the mean girl was basically playing chicken with me in the street like she kept ah. she kept pushing me out of the mouth of the cul-de-sac saying like I couldn't stand there and she was pushing me into the road cute and for whatever reason I think because my dad worked remotely sometimes uh even even in the early 90s and my dad was working remotely, and he must have seen what was happening out of the window. And he rushes out of the house. Nobody has, like, even seen my dad <laughs> ever, right? <laughs> so he was kind of a hermit, and children didn't know him. And he had no, he had no qualms with being an asshole to children. <laughs> <laughs> there was no now kids it was like what the fuck are you doing to my daughter yes <laughs> and he yes right i have never seen him so angry or protective in my life <gasps> nice he bolted down the lawn and he is screaming at this girl he's like you stop it right the fuck now <laughs> you don't touch her and i was like holy shit and he like didn't come to me afterwards and he didn't like hug me (laughs) he didn't like 
hug me and say like, oh my God, are you okay? Here, let me drive you to school or whatever, or take the day <laughs> off because they just pushed you in front of oncoming traffic. He <laughs> just turned the hose on the dogs yeah. and then ran away. Yeah, and then he just went back home. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And I cannot tell you how touched I was by that. And I don't oh. I don't even think I was like crying or anything. I don't think the gravity of what could have happened hit me as a kid. Mm, I'm right. I'm pretty sure that I was just like, oh, oh, okay, thanks, Dad. In fact, I might have even been embarrassed. I, sure. Of course I was embarrassed. Of course I was embarrassed that my father in, like, his undershirt and maybe long johns, <laughs> if not long johns, sweatpants, right? My father mm-hmm. ran the fuck out of the house screaming and cursing at a child who was much cooler than me. Oh, yeah. I was mortified. But I was also like, oh, my God, Dad, you care? <laughs> yeah. It was huge. It was huge. And I don't think... <laughs> As much as I think about the moments that led up to it, I don't think I've actually thought about the fact that he never, like, followed up with me afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Just done and done. Just done and done. Now get on the bus. (laughs) Get on the bus. Bye. (laughs) Yes. This is so good. Uh, my, uh, My mom... I feel like my mom tried to get involved when bad things were happening with my friends so I then completely stopped telling her when bad things were happening like she was definitely trying to help but you know one of those things where like some there's a certain age where when if your mom runs interference for you then you are Uh done yeah socially you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um interestingly enough I feel like that happened enough that people got used to it and it was just like oh this shit again but um yeah, I tried very hard not to tell her when things like that were happening. Oh. Because uh, she was so, she was so protective of me. There were a number of other situations that I'm I'm trying to think of where she really went to bat for, um, uh, I mean, I feel like it happened a lot. She, but it was to a, to a fault where it was like, why aren't you the lead in everything? Why don't you have all the solos? Oh, no. You're clearly the best oh, no. ever. <laughs> But and that and that feeling of being the best ever also fucked me up because I was like, why why aren't I getting am sure. I not getting a fair shake? Right. Yes. <laughs> if I am better than this person, how come I never get anything? Why is the world the world? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Yep. She she really liked the word should. Um, um yeah. It was definitely like how things should be or you should be getting this. Or uh, that kid shouldn't. Um, she was also super smart. She was always writing. Um, she, I didn't find any of these when we were cleaning the house out either. But um, we just went to the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art is back open again. My mom loved the Egypt wing. She, I she definitely thought that she had past lives and I know one of them she thought was Egyptian, possibly Roman. Um, I feel like she felt like she had a past life in a number of different eras. Uh, and interestingly enough, as Don and I were walking around, um, 
I came upon something that was specifically described as a diadem, and it was uh, a gold a gold circlet kind of crown. Mm-hmm. And I remember that um, we would spend so much time when we went to that museum in the Egyptian wing that there are parts of that museum I've still not seen <laughs> because we just never got to them. Um, my mom had been writing a book when I was probably in middle school about a, a girl time traveler. I remember her talking about how, like, there's not enough hero journeys for girls, and that's absolutely true. Um, and it was about a girl who somehow found this magic diadem crown and could go back in time to Egypt. And I stood there and I was like, I bet this, I bet you anything this was her inspiration. It was so, like it's it's not super prominently displayed, but it's definitely like it's also near the cat mummies. So that's probably someplace that we went to because I thought that those were neat as a kid, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would anytime we were in New York and sleeping on my grandma's couch, um, we would take turns making up stories about whatever we had seen in the museums that day. So whether it was like the dodo at the Natural History Museum or the whale um, mm-hmm. or the different things in the, in the, in the Met, um, she just so many stories. And I wish that she had written more. Like, I wish, I wish she had done that. She always tried to encourage me to write more too. Oh, my dad was very encouraging of me musically. Oh, and nice. Some, something in his head and it wasn't correct, but something in his head, um, told him that I would be much more successful as a singer than as an actor. And I think the argument for that was, well, anybody can act. Not everybody can sing. Mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. challenge that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think part of it, too, was like, well, who cares what you look like when you sing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what 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 a face for radio you have. And, uh, but he was also, when I did sing incredibly encouraging yeah they they kind of didn't really know what i was working with until i had a talent show in eighth grade and it was the first time my school system ever did a talent show otherwise i would do all of them but the first one they ever had i was in eighth grade and i sang part of your world uh from the little mermaid and I, it, it was the closest to a movie moment of people not realizing that I was kind of legit. Like, it was, it surprised so many people that even my bullies came up to me and were like, oh my god, that was really good. Oh, wow. So it kind of like shook the foundations of my loserdom. (laughs) Wow. That's like in the, like, that's what we talk about in the movies where it's like that magic thing that happens at the stupid school dance or whatever, where it like changes your whole, everybody, how they look at you. Right. You actually had that. That's amazing. I did. And I'll be frank. I mean, like, it wasn't enough to completely undo all of my social ostracism. Uh mm, uh oh. (laughs) Ostriches, all of your social ostriches. <laughs> yes. Wasn't enough to undo them and put them all back in the sand. But 
it 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 changed some shit. And I remember there's a there was a girl in my class who was so fucking mean to me. She was such a bitch. Mm-hmm. And in my and in our eighth grade yearbook, right at the moment where everybody kind of just decides that they don't hate you anymore. Uh huh. Um. She signed it and she was like, I can't wait to see you on Broadway one day. And I was like, and at that point, nobody knew what the fuck I wanted to do Mm -hmm. because they didn't give a shit and I wasn't confiding in them. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, as close to that as I could get at 13 and Funnily enough, not only my bullies were impacted, but my parents were too, because they were there with the camcorder, and I started singing, and they were like, oh, shit. Uh (laughs) Oh, this is a real thing she actually wants to do, and she's decent at it. So... That was um that was a lovely moment, and they really never walked back from that. They were always incredibly supportive, and at all of my concerts and shows and, uh... It, they were always a little bit less encouraging with theater, but you know, I uh, <laughs> I had been singing from a very young age. My mom, my mom had been trained in opera. Like she actually studied with people from the Met Opera when oh she was God. growing up, and she lost her voice when she was working at a Montessori school. Where the lady who ran it insisted that mom kept singing with the kids through a very bad cold, and I'm sure she got notes. Like she never got she never got checked out what happened, but she mm. it was very upsetting. Um, it was it was upsetting. Like I remember not singing in church as a child because I just wanted to hold my mom's hand and listen to her sing. Oh my god! And yet we didn't have a ton of music around the house. It's it's so strange. All of it's weird. Um, but no, she had a beautiful, beautiful operatic voice that was tanked by the time I was in third or fourth grade, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, that was, she would bring that up quite a bit. Um, of course. Yeah. But, she, and she, it was weird, though, because I, I don't think I really found my voice until just like a couple of years ago. And I still struggle trying to find the placement all the time. I still don't have the mm. muscle memory because I've been singing incorrectly for decades uh and and it she she couldn't help me figure out what the deal was and I was having adults around me telling me that it was fine even though I knew that I wasn't singing like the people who I thought sounded better than me Mm. um so she would she would do things like after a solo she would be like you sounded amazing at the end why can't you lock that in at the beginning and I would be like ah what Fuck if I know, I would be doing it. <laughs> if I knew. Thank you for your feedback. Yeah, she did that a lot where it was like, you are amazing, but this could have, like, let me, can I give you some notes? <laughs> no. No. Nope. No thanks. No, you can't. Your job um, is to be my mom. Right. But, uh, again, like, there was never, I was also not very receptive of her help. And I think part of it was because we had very different learning teaching styles. Uh, one of the first fights I can remember having her was when she was trying to explain something math-wise to me. And she was trying to show me how she was taught to solve this problem. But, of course, when we were kids, they were trying to teach math a different way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she was like, it shouldn't matter as long as you come up with the right answer. And I was like, that's what I think too, but I have to show my work and that's not going to cut it. That sounds and, like a geometry fight to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was algebra though, or word problems. So mm-hmm. yeah. So she, I told her, like I did something that she told me to do. And then my teacher was like, no, you can't do it that way. And I came home, told my mom and she was like, that's insane. And I think that she did not win the fight with that teacher. And after that, I had a hard time letting her try to help me because I literally got in trouble for using something that she was trying to help. Like sure. She, she gave me a tool. I used it and I got in trouble. Yep. Totally. So um, I, I also like she would offer random bits of advice about things like um Concerned about my weight, uh, chewing mm-hmm. my food like 50 times before I swallowed it. I'm really oh lucky that I got out of that without a really, really, really absolutely ED. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she would, and uh, um, oh, I remember from a young age her like trying to get me to do these frog neck exercises so that I wouldn't get a double chin. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, this isn't this isn't where this should be going, but <laughs> but, uh, but always always encouraging, almost to a fault. To mm-hmm. like I told you when I moved to New York, she was like, "Well, just get an agent." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mom. Uh, and she always she like she always always believed in me, like definitely definitely, um, and it was hard because I felt like she had taken everything that she had to believe in one of us and put it in me and didn't leave any for herself. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's like the typical stage mom relationship, right? Sure. Like, I I think my dad did that with me to an extent because my father... My father and I, in some ways, have very similar personalities. Uh, in some ways, definitely not. <laughs> but um, but at his best, at his best, my father was incredibly charismatic and charming and entertaining and funny and such a ham. He loved being a ham. He really <laughs> did. And that is a thousand percent where I get it. And... um. I think, you know, like, he used to do community theater, and he absolutely loved it. He used to do, uh, he, he did plays in high school, and he showed up, okay, so the kind of bullshit that I pulled for my own proms, at his prom, he memorized an entire routine of Shelley Berman's Maybe even an entire album, right? And Who is he showed Shelley up. Shelley Berman is that Shelley, a vaudeville person? Shelley Berman was an old Borscht Belt comedian. Oh my god, yes! He <laughs> memorized an entire comedy album of Shelley Berman's, and he showed up to his prom. And I have pictures of this. He just took the mic and did the entire thing, and was apparently a hit. <laughs> Not shocking, because at his best, he was such a fucking joy. Oh, my God. And I think, I think in good ways and bad, and he was also, like, 
fucking in love with music. Mm. Next level in love with music. And he never felt that he thought he could sing. And he was, he was, he played guitar, although I know he always wanted to play better. And I'm sure that part of that is just time and, you know, not being able to devote to it. But I think he nested in me a lot of his own insecurities and wants and hopes in regards to, like, seeing that, oh, fuck, she, too, is really charismatic and hammy and she wants to do this with her life. And I couldn't do it and here's why. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Same. Or getting mad getting frustrated with me because I had the tools that he felt he needed to succeed, especially Mm. musically, right? So, like, I couldn't play guitar, but I could sing. Mm -hmm. And getting frustrated with me that I didn't, like, want to be a folk singer. Oh. (laughs) Weirdly, I had similar issues with my mom. Yeah. Of course you did. My mom mom played guitar, but she didn't. She had a guitar and she could play guitar, but she didn't play guitar. And what was even more frustrating is that she had learned left-handed and I was not left-handed. And so she insisted on keeping the guitar strung left-handed when we were doing guitar stuff in school uh, in case she ever wanted to play it, which she hadn't done in years. And... Oh, no. Yeah, and I couldn't... It was too much for me, like... I think I think whatever is involved with my issue with numbers has to do with that too. Like I couldn't upside down it easily. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Um mm-hmm. and I I wanted to really badly. I wanted I always say I wanted piano player play piano lessons and braces, but I wanted guitar lessons too. Like I mm-hmm. have at multiple points in my life tried to pick up a guitar and learn and just because it didn't come I I'm not great with music theory. Like, I'm not great with chord structure and things like that. Like, I get most of it. Um, But when it comes to time signatures or key key signatures, I mean, Mm. um, I just don't get it. Yeah, Um, right. And uh, we had fights about that. But, yeah, she was was just like, if you you learn this, then you can just – she kept – oh, Joan Baez. She always wanted me to sing Joan Baez songs. My parents wanted me to sing Judy Collins. <laughs> my mom liked Judy Collins, too. Of course. But she said my voice sounded more like jo- Joan Baez. I love mm. Judy Collins. I love her. Mm. And you know what? Because my mom said it so much, I didn't sit down and listen to Judy Collins until I was, like, in college. Because right, I was like, course. stop it. Stop. <laughs> right. Stop. I'm not going to do the one thing you want me to do. Right. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Um, one moment... And this is like, this is further off the map and into emotional stuff. And Mm -hmm. and it's such, like, I think about it all the time. Because while I have, while I share a lot of my personality with my dad, including just being an incredibly sensitive person, my father was so, so sensitive. He just also had huge rage issues Mm -hmm. and addiction issues and depression and, um, but my mom, my mom is so cool as a cucumber. She's so analytical, logical, detached in ways that I admire because it's usually when I need to access that, I'm like, why can't I be more like mom? Oh, <laughs> but 
I remember, so this was a moment in my life, and I'll be a little, I'll be a little veiled about it. This was a moment, a moment in my life where one of my frenemies was breaking up with me, and it was the first time ever, and I was deeply sad and traumatized and confused and heartbroken, and I was young, I was 20, and all of this was happening while I was visiting my parents from mm-hmm. college, and I remember this frenemy, I had given them essentially, uh, what's the word? I had given them a... Cart launch? Nope. Not nope. a deadline, a uh, this or bust. Ultimatum. I had given them an ultimatum. Yay! And I had said, hey, look, if you're going to be a frenemy like this, you're not allowed to be my friend. And they and they wrote me back, and they wrote me back while I was at my parents' house, and they wrote me back, and it was the beginning of Gmail, and so you could still see the first several words or first sentence in the subject line, mm-hmm. and what appeared was so scathing and horrible, and I remember I was just sitting there at the computer, and I was like, oh my god, mom, they replied, and she was like, you know what I want you to do? I want you to click delete, and I want you to never even look at it again. Wow. And it was such a loving, brilliant piece of advice, because what would my have reading it done except hurt me more? I knew what I needed to know. Yeah. And what I needed to know was that they were far more committed to being my frenemy than to being my friend. Uh-huh. And... uh. Th- the only way that I could do a kindness to, to myself in that moment of knowing that they were lost to me forever mm-hmm. was by not letting their last little act of yeah meanness ever even have a chance to land. Yep. And I think about it all the time, and it was so fucking boss, and it's absolutely not a move that I would have thought of on my own. Sure. Me. No, because you're like, well, I got everything. to. Yes. yes, I have to. I ha- Why? 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 My mother is even keeled enough to know, I don't need why. You've shown me you're an asshole. Great. <laughs> We're done here. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. So I used great. to chew on things like that, though, too. Like, chew on it and gargle it and... Sure. What could I have done better? Yes. And I am still want to do that. But experiencing her doing that with me in that moment was so revolutionary. Yeah. That's for really me. great. Yeah. That's great. I um, yes. I feel like uh, it was tricky because whenever my mom pulled out anything like that, I was like, but you wouldn't do that. <laughs> she was oh, very, that's fair. Sure. Yeah, she was very do as I say, not as I do. But Oh, and I, my mom and, totally would have done that. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> my father uh, would not have. My father and I were very similar that way, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I haven't really talked about my dad a whole lot. No, uh, I, I would feel love like to hear... I mean, the the best thing that I can say about my dad is that he was uh, a whimsical fucking dreamer. Like, <laughs> he was so, so oddly optimistic about so many things um, to the point where his optimism bias definitely, like, fucked up our finances and things sure. like that. Um, and I... 
dad was a big picture kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his parents, like, he grew up with so much money, which I always have to say, which I did not grow up with, um, mm-hmm. that uh, he was he was really left to fend for himself um, as a, a grown-up with no skills. Like, he was overtaken care of to the point where he just wasn't um, – Executive function is what they call it now. Mm-hmm. He the, the very day-to-day stuff was not good. I remember my mom, um, she would make fun of him because he would make a whole list for the day. And <laughs> she was like, look at this. He put down ablutions. And I was like, what does that mean? She was like, it's the stuff you do in the bathroom to get ready for the day. And I was like, I don't see why that's a problem. If I thought that I could check off brushing my hair and feel accomplished i was like oh gosh dad that actually sounds like a great idea oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you know she was mad she was hurt he was yeah, of he course. Did shitty things to her yes, um yes um he was so good at um at talking to people like he was so gregarious and completely unafraid of literally anything i remember um when i one of my first you know when you you know when you move to a city and you're trying to find a shit job you don't think it's a shit job but you're like oh yes i suppose (laughs) i will get people i will recruit people to go to screeners of movies okay sure that sounds easy who doesn't want to go see a free movie Mm mm-hmm that is an annoying job, friends. I don't know if you know that. Um, but And I was supposed to screen every person. Like, I was supposed to um, look for specific demographics. Like, if it was a rom-com, I would be looking for, like, women in their 30s to 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't supposed to give the tickets to people who weren't in that demo. And if it was someone who was too far out of the demo, I wouldn't get credit for it. And I only got paid if people came to the friggin' screening. Uh-huh. It was terrible. It was the That's worst. awful. Uh, but I remember I was I was doing what I was told to do, which was to see specific people and walk up and be like, hey, uh, want to see a free movie? take a look. Yeah. Hey, take come and take look. a quick look. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my dad's. My dad was casting a wide net and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. So my dad was like, no, no, no. And he took he took my whole folder out of my hand and he started going, <laughs> Movie tickets, get oh your free God. movie tickets <laughs> in front of Bloomingdale's. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's amazing! Like literally, no shame. Oh my God, <laughs> but but always like uh, I'm not gonna say impeccably dressed, but he always looked put together. Um, even if it was a cheap suit, like, he would still wear a suit out almost everywhere he went. Um, so odd. But, yeah. Um, so odd. Like, <laughs> such a such a sunny disposition and so really very childlike in so many ways. Like, Which I guess is why it's so hard for you to really take to the the rage that anyone yourself included should rightly feel for what he ended up doing but it's like if that's what if it's a child well that's of course the child just wandered back to new york yeah, exactly 
<laughs> exactly. He wanted to go home. He couldn't drive in Virginia. He couldn't go anywhere. He didn't have any friends that weren't mom's friends. He wanted to go do his damn thing. And he didn't feel like a full, he, what little grown up he felt like in New York, he couldn't get that in Virginia. Right. No, it all makes, it all makes sense. And when I started spending time with him, when I moved up here, I was like, oh, literally how could anyone be mad at him because he couldn't ever be any, uh, any more in control of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that doesn't, and unfortunately that also colored how I view men in general. And yeah, that's of course. Terrible. Where how like, are you? Oh. How are you supposed to have any expectation of what dudes are like if uh-huh. that is your sole example? Uh huh. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course they're incompetent. They can't help it. Mm-hmm. Not true. No. Just, I mean, my no. dad probably could have helped it if he had tried a little harder. But sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I really I don't, don't know either, dude. Like, he was, he, he and my mom both, looking back on it, really seemed to be trying their best at all moments. Mm. And watching them work so hard and coming up empty-handed so many times was very difficult. It's weird, too, and I don't know if you felt this as you've aged, but, like, as you start eclipsing the years that would have gone by when they were, like, pregnant or having the new baby, or blah, 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 right? And as you go past those years, and you're like, oh, shit, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing now, let alone. Oh, sure. I do that all the time. Right? I do that all like, the time. Uh, at, at 41, uh, okay, no. I would have to do math to figure this out. So, for example, uh, like, if I were my mom, mm-hmm. I'm 36, I would have a four-year-old. N- n- no. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. Just my like... mom, yeah, my mom had my sister at, when she was 18 and she had me when she was around 30 or, yeah, 30 because she was born in 49. Um, So that means when she was 41, I would have been 11 and my sister would have been 22. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Is, did I do that math right? You did. Yep. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, that was very good. And holy shit. So I would have been like having middle a 22-year-old. No, thanks. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, Beth. <laughs> um Yeah, I haven't I used to do that a bunch. Um and I'm sure that I'm going to do that more when in like a couple <laughs> in t- in, in the decades to come when I outlive how old she was. Yeah, right, right. That's just something that's always going to be prominent for you. Mm-hmm. I know it was very prominent for Andrew because his dad in particular was pretty young when he was mm-hmm. born. I think his dad was like 27. And we eclipsed 27 a long time ago. We got married when he was 27. Mm-hmm. So for him to be like, oh, my God, I would have already had four kids at this point. <laughs> that's like insane. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing when we were 27. Yeah. Not for ourselves, mm-hmm. not for our spouses, certainly not for four children. Like, right. yeah, I can't fathom having a four-year-old. Right. And, yeah, so that's always fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one more nice thing before we wrap up because I know okay. you got to go. So uh, my father was... As you all know, fuck buddies, a whole situation. He was never 
to me, very demonstratively involved in being a dad. Um, I never had any reason to believe that being a dad was really part of his emotional life at all. Mm. To me, it kind of seemed like he just wanted to forget that he ever was. Ah, same. Uh, Right? Like, he liked me much more as a friend than a daughter, which (laughs) is weird and still hurtful. But I will tell you this. On my birthday, my mom – so this is – Two great parenting things, because it's my mom in present day and my dad posthumously. My mom, for my birthday, made me this beautiful album with all of these pictures of my father and I that I haven't looked at in a million years. They were pretty much like every picture she could find that was like, look, here's your father visibly loving you. (laughs) Oh. Look, here he is. Look how proud of you he is in this moment. And it's beautiful. And I was so touched. And then also she gave me this little envelope and it just said Mel's wallet. And I was like, Mom, what is this? And she goes, open it up. And like she hadn't looked in his wallet for all these years that he's been gone. And she happened to be going through it and... There was almost nothing in there because she worked out all the financial stuff much earlier. But she found, like, ten pictures of me. Just Mm. me. School pictures and baby pictures and graduation pictures. And he had all of those in his wallet for his entire fucking life. So in preparation for the people who would be like, oh, hey, you have a daughter, right? And he wouldn't be like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, here she is. And I was so overwhelmed by that. So I think, you know, look, parents are just also fucked up people trying really hard sometimes that deters fellow fucked up people from deciding to have kids hey <laughs> high five what's up but <laughs> it means. but um you know i think of all of the times that i felt like he really just it, i was not really truly a part of his heart yeah the way that i wanted to be or the way that he was a part of mine mm-hmm. um that was very telling. Yeah. Yeah, I used to think about that, too, because my dad would always sound, it was always so conflicting because I knew that he was really, I mean, had more or less abandoned us. But mm. then he would want to talk on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, again, I don't think he could do any better, especially right. like when his wages starting to get garnished and all he was doing was working at fucking FAO Schwartz. Like, what are, are you as a grown ass man supposed to do? Sorry, but, I feel like you've skipped this. Your eternal boy father decided to go back to walk back to New York and work at FAO Schwartz. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe I never told you this. No, my never. father. <laughs> Was a huge model train buff. Huge. And at some point, he had been working as a a recruiter, which he liked to call himself a headhunter, which was confusing to me as a child. Um, But then he, yeah, he was working at FAO Schwartz. He was the train department. Like, he got to wear, like, coveralls and a little train hat. And had the time of his goddamn life for, like, a year or two. (laughs) And, uh, and again, unfortunately, because of tax issues, his wages were getting garnished. So I'm sure he was getting paid almost nothing. But there's even, um, there's a, he gets interviewed in the New York Times somewhere. Um, It was one of the things I was finding when I was researching my family. 
um, talking about how he feels like a toy train is like the perfect gift for anyone. Uh, and and that's absolutely true because when I was 16, I remember distinctly I had asked, I was like, maybe mom will pass this on because dad was going to be home for my birthday for the first time in ages. Um why? Why was he there? I don't know. But it was definitely my 16th birthday. And I had asked for a stationary set, which nobody got me. But my father, who always wrapped things in funny papers, by the way, all of his presents were always wrapped in the Sunday comics. Um, he uh, gave me an antique Lionel train that was one of the larger gauge trains. Mm-hmm. This would have been a spectacular gift when I was 7 to 10. Sure. <laughs> and I opened it up and like the look on his face when he was like, let's set it up. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Oh. I mean, and it's one of the things that we auctioned off when we got, you know, let go of some things. And it mm-hmm. didn't, it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was like someone else is going to be very happy with that. Right. With that train. But I only ever even liked the little ones. Like, I don't know where <laughs> any of this came so sideways. <laughs> he just, you know. Yep. <sighs> Nobody got me a stationary set that year. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I actually, that's one of the things that I have no qualms in buying myself now. Like, stickers and um, pretty note cards and nice things. Like, I don't give them out to people as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But Same. um, but, but that's one thing them. where I'm like, I will, I will splurge on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention about my mom, uh, aside yes, from the please. fact that she was incredibly clever and got us out of pickles more times than I can count. Like she, she definitely gave me my sense of adventure. Um, mm. <laughs> like my my unwillingness to accept no. Um, nice. Eh, yeah, for sure. She's she was definitely the like get forgiveness, not permission <laughs> kind mm. of person. And I watched her charm her way out of so like out of speeding tickets, like whatever. She was a sweet talker. Um, but most of all, like her ability to make something out of nothing, like nothing, whether it was keeping us not necessarily nutritionally balanced, but full and fed and like at least felt feeling taken care of that way mm-hmm. to um, coming up with ideas for like crafts with just shit that we had around the house, which was lots. We had so much shit around the house. Um, <laughs> like we would sit in waiting rooms and she would do, do you know that dot game where you make a grid out of dots and then one person makes a line and another person makes a line and you have to try to block each other until you make little squares and you put your initial in the square? Oh, yes. I'm sure Uh it has a name. But she had a million games like that. Like, there was never, I was very often with her and bored because she would drag me to shit I shouldn't have been at. Um, But if it was her and me, like, there was always a game to play, even if it was some kind of I spy thing. Like, she was probably ADD, too. Like, her her, her mind oh, for sure. ran a mile a minute. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, that and I think also this is not something I saw in her, but, like, my 
my need to create my own family. I, I hate to say that it came from her, but like, I knew that we had very similar personalities. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could harness mine for good. <laughs> sure. Right. All of the stuff that went off the rails with her, I I knew how to corral for myself or have learned and focus in, into a positive. So That is enormously useful. Yes. It is. Yeah. I would say that, uh, I mean, I'm still figuring shit out, but I would say that oh, for the God, most part, I, <laughs> I, I am like one of the best possible iterations of my dad's personality. Um, you know, like, obviously, I still, I still have, I've got my pros and my cons, but um, uh, definitely way more functional um, and, and fulfilled. I mm-hmm. think than he was as an adult. <laughs> oh, family, family. Anyway, they uh, they got some they got some good ones in there. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, this when I was going through my three years of therapy, um, which I need to start doing again. But uh, my therapist really pushed me to to dredge up stuff like this when I was feeling really low or angry about mom. Mm. And it was very, very useful and very helpful to be able to look at these things and be like, you know what? Yeah. A lot of it was very dark and very weird and very bad, but, but that, that was one of the reasons why it was so hard. Why I couldn't just be like, fuck this. I'm going to run away Mm -hmm. because just she, the good stuff was so good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I feel feelings. You feel feelings? Hey, you mm. want one more real good one? Yes, please. So this was a this was the most appropriate parenting moment, and it didn't work out for me great, but I think they actually did a good job. <laughs> I was at a girl's birthday party when I was like 10, and she decided to start bullying me while the birthday party was happening. Great. And so she she got herself and all of these other kids picking on me. And I got so frustrated that I passive aggressively pushed her in her chair. Okay. She leaned into it and fell over and started crying crocodile tears. Oh, And And her mom came over and her mom freaked the fuck out. Wow. Her mom, who otherwise quite liked me. And she was like, how dare you? You get out of here. You get out of here. And I had to walk along the local, like, two-lane highway to get back to my house. But there was no, I'm going to call your parents to have them pick you up. <laughs> there was just, you go home. Shit. And I had to walk all the way home oh at 10 God. years old, which was not a thing was really doing at that yeah point. I was not. I was too young and I got home and I was sobbing I was so upset and my parents were both of them were there and they were both like oh my god honey what happened and I was like she was making fun of me and then everybody started making fun of me and they're like oh my god honey so why are you here and I was like she was making fun of me and then I pushed her. And they were like, wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Sympathy over. <laughs> I might have had to go go to my room 
Or the sympathy might have just stopped. <laughs> I probably had to go to my room, even though I will I will say I did not effectively push her. I pushed her a little bit, and she saw an opportunity to, to ham it up, and she yeah. did. So anyway, that was, you know, not a moment that I would have wanted my parents to stand up for me. But in watching parents do that in shitty instances later in life, like that dumb woman who was that little boy's mom who was like, how dare you call the school on my perfect son? And like other parents who later on did shitty dumb shit to me in, you know, support of their child who was doing something even worse. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no. Be an actual fucking parent <laughs> and stand up for what is not right and don't just be a protective buffoon of yeah. your dumb child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom definitely made me apologize for things when I was an asshole, too. Yeah, right? I mean, <sighs> I would say this one was a draw, but whatever. <laughs> ah! I don't know. I feel like sometimes you got to push. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I had never pushed before. I'll tell you what, 20 years later, it still feels great. (laughs) 25 years later. Not sorry. Excellent. So good. (laughs) Uh, Oh, so good. Fuck buddies. Fuck buddies. How are you feeling? Best ones. Tell us about your feelings. Tell us about your fucks, Uh, emotional or otherwise. (laughs) Literally tell us anything. Literally, literally anything. (laughs) um my only recommendation is lovecraft country it is incredible Ooh, solid and of course uh 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 uh, dvd a dvd deathmatch yes dvd deathmatch yes here's here's my recommendation for you Mm. everyone be aware the next two months are uh, are solidly energetically fucking insane, which shouldn't surprise anyone, but uh, <laughs> Mars is in retrograde. So I encourage you all to Google that or check out my favorite astrologer, Chani Nicholas, C-H-A-N-I. Chani uh, writes extensively about it, and I have known all year to hunker down for the next two months because it's going to be a bumpy ass ride hooray hooray strap in (laughs) oh my goodness I love you I love you you're the best one you're the best (laughs) bye 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 bye